Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Heart of Markness podcast. A day late and a dollar short. I apologize. I have not had the best week, uh, although I know people who have had much worse. But um, you remember last week when my knee was hurting me? Well, it's destroyed. The meniscus is destroyed. So I am in this horrible knee immobilizer thing on crutches. Uh, I've been out of work all week, and I've just been on bed rest, and that's not that great. Um, I'm probably going to have to have robot surgery to make it better um, later, probably next month. But um, when I went to the hospital for my knee, I discovered my blood pressure was ridiculously high, like they wanted to just admit me for that, even though I came in with a, a fucked up knee. They were like, yeah, your knee's fucked up. But this thing, you're just a, a walking stroke waiting to happen. The blood pressure was super duper, duper, duper high. Um, 226 over 127, something like that. Something ridiculously holy shit. And uh, I haven't been to a doctor in about five years because, I don't know, that's how I am. But that got my attention and they put me on this blood pressure medication that fucking sucks. It makes me feel super spacey, super dizzy, because, you know, my body's adjusting to the lower blood pressure and stuff. And spacey and floaty and just, ugh, and no energy and no strength. So, oh, and as you can hear, I'm sick. Weren't you sick last week? I was. This is something different that the hospital gave me. Yay. And it is in my sinuses and in my lungs and Jesus Christ. Now listen, I know this is all just kind of pussy bitching because it's like, there's so many worse things that could be wrong. And that's true. I am just bitching. But I've been in bed for a week, not enjoying myself. I read 8 million books. I'm bored as fuck. I can't really stay in any one position for long because whatever position I'm in, my leg eventually starts hurting and uh, everything from my knee down just hurts all the time. And, uh... That's why there wasn't a podcast last night. So I apologize to you. And uh, but I need to get it. To, I need to do it. I can't skip a week because that's when I skip two weeks and I just disappear. And I don't want to do that. So here we are. Uh, hell or high water. The most phoned in episode of the Heart of Markness yet. Episode 30. And what more fitting subject to discuss than the firm. The Ferb? No, The Firm. I have a cold. Fuck off. Um, I listened to a few Firm shows. I was going to do like a history of like back in the day, but I, I, I don't want to. I will at some point. But uh, I just wanted to get some Firm in there because it's legit. Uh, I listened to some 85 shows. I listened to some 86 shows and I chose the most ubiquitous everybody has it 86 show to use royal darkness well it's 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 the same show as royal darkness it's another i don't know if it's a pre-fm or whatever but it's a professional professionally recorded show from may 11th in cleveland ohio 1986 i saw the firm in 86 at a, a hockey rink in springfield massachusetts which tells you something about the firm. If you're going to see Jimmy Page and Paul Rogers playing a hockey rink in Springfield instead of the Worcester Centrum, which is what they played the year before, that vehicle's not uh, that vehicle's not thriving. So, but the band was good. 
And in 86, they sounded really good. 85, I wanted to put some things in there, but it's just... They hadn't really gelled. Everybody was playing fine, but it just didn't seem like a band to me. At least the shows I listened to. And, you know, because I have the podcast, I try and steer towards the best quality. And I listened to a Wembley gig, which I think was uh, uh, May 22nd, 1985. That was supposedly a multi-track recording. And um, I wanted to have satisfaction guaranteed because I love that song. And that performance of that song, it just didn't even make sense to me. It didn't even make sense to me, although Paul's voice was great. Um, this one does. So we're just going to stick with 1986, May 11th. We're going to listen to three songs from The Firm. And if, uh, if you don't know, because you're just into Zeppelin, The Firm was a band created by Jimmy Page and Paul Rogers, the singer from Bad Company. After both bands, you know, dissolved as the 80s began, they were both without a band. They were both label mates because Bad Company being on Swan Song and, uh, yeah, so they got a project together. Uh, Chris Slade, who drums for ACDC now, was their drummer. And their bass player was a very young man, the fretless monster on Twitter, Tony Franklin, um, who was the bass player for Roy Harper when Jimmy did the Roy work in 84. So he, he poached he poached the uh, Roy's bass player, and they got together and uh, recorded a couple albums, did a couple tours, had a couple of good songs. Um, I think they would have made a bigger splash had they done things a little differently um, in that I don't think releasing Radioactive as their first single did them any favors. And I don't think that the video for Radioactive did them any favors either with Jimmy coming out in the jack boots and the poppy jacket and the scarf and the double neck and all that stuff. It... Uh, they should have. They should have had satisfaction guaranteed, in my opinion, as their first song released, because that song is badass. It's mysterious. It's got a darkness to it. It's got a, a groove, and it's. I like it. Um, and it has scary shit going on in the background, kind of like uh, in the evening has. If you ever listen to that on headphones, there's all kinds of of scary shit in the background, just at the level of audibility, as there is with Satisfaction Guaranteed, the studio cut. So, well, you know, let's get started. This is, as I said, a professional recording. I don't know if it's pre-FM recorded off of FM. They were, t- they were ripped from bootleg silvers. So it's probably whatever bo- whatever Royal Darkness was. Excellent recording. Um, three songs. Here's the first one. It's the aforementioned Satisfaction Guaranteed. May 11th, 1986. Heart of Markness. Enjoy it, friends. Live just for today Now let me tell the 
That was pretty good. The sound was good. Jimmy's tone was good. Uh, On the 1985 versions of Satisfaction Guaranteed that I heard, um, he was just a little looser and a little more wobbly. And it just didn't work for me. It didn't cohere. Uh, This does. So I stuck with it. It's very good.
<clears throat> they were all right. Um, I'm glad they didn't stick around. Um, but as a project, it was it was fine. Um, I'm glad Tony Franklin and Chris Slade went on to bigger and better things. They were a decent band, but they just, I mean, Paul Rogers and Jimmy Page did not have the chemistry. They were both the leaders of their bands, respectively, and had been. Because, you know, make no mistake, Led Zeppelin was Jimmy's band, and Bad Company and Free before that was Paul's band. So, you know, you can't have two, you can't have two chiefs. So I imagine that was a little contentious. And I know Jimmy had been quoted as saying, uh, touring with Paul is like touring with your grandmother as far as partying and stuff, because Paul's more professional. And Jimmy at that time, although uh, no longer addicted to heroin, was still uh, living the party lifestyle, drinking, doing blow, all that rock star shit. And it was the 80s. Of course, there was blow everywhere. Um, but I mean, another, another layer of incompatibility that, that makes this, that makes this partnership, uh, finite. I apologize for my congestion in my voice. I know it's probably annoying, but, uh, it's what I got. So send help. Um, I swear to God, I'm like two days away from drawing a face on a volleyball and talking to it. I've been up here a week and I am extremely happy with being alone. I'm, I'm, I am, I'm an introvert. I am not a social person. Um, and I just actually had a friend, someone uh, very dear to me, just on Twitter talking back and forth and, uh, about that. And she's like antisocial as well. And I'm like, yes, I'm, you know, and I'm like, yes, yes, that's all cool. I'm antisocial too. I love being alone. I hate being bedridden. I hate being unable to just go downstairs at will. And, uh, especially since this blood pressure medicine makes me pee 400 times an hour, like for real, like from that first little signal of like, Hey, I think I have to pee to the point where it's like urgent, urgent now, now, now is very short. So I have to just be like, okay, grab my leg, swing it off the bed, wait for the agony to subside find my cane or my crutches, Jesus Christ, hobble down the old wooden stairs of my old wooden house (laughs) and then hobble to the bathroom before I piss myself. Craziness. So all that has to happen too if I just want a glass of water or anything. So yeah, I'm I'm, uh, happy to be alone. Love it. Not happy to be... uh, hobbled by the limitations of my corporeal form. So uh, I'm a little grumpy and I'm a little off task and I'm definitely um, not in a gregarious space. So I apologize for you, for me, for you. I apologize for you and your awfulness. No, I apologize to you for not being chipper and bouncy, bouncy. Uh, this one, I'm fine too. This is all finite bitching. I'm not, you know, None of this is terminal, other than the ridiculous blood pressure that's going to kill me any second. That keeps me up a little bit, too, of like, oh, shit. Um, But, I mean, I'm going to be going to doctors for 100 years, dealing with all this shit. And uh, the end result is I will be healthier for it, unless I die. And in either case, the problem will be solved. Okay, let's get back to the show. Uh, I have two more to play for you. Uh, I have tear down the walls and I have live in peace 
Live in Peace is a good song. Um, it's simple, but I mean, Paul Rogers is, is, is a simple songwriter, great singer. And that's not a slam on him. It's just, you know, ACDC doesn't write difficult songs. Bad Company doesn't write difficult songs. Paul Rogers doesn't write difficult songs. He writes good ones and his voice is insane. Still now when he's 70, it's still good. But, um, the song live in peace is off his solo album, which I think was called cut loose. I think that came out in 84. It had Live in Peace on it, and that was one of those albums where, um, like Jeff Lynne or Prince, wow, I'm sorry, I take Prince out of that equation, um, where, where, or John Fogarty, there we go, around that same time, uh, a front man who played all the instruments on his solo records. Paul Rogers played everything on Cut Loose, I think, maybe not the drums, but he played everything, and then... Uh, Jimmy and Paul brought that song into the firm because the firm never did Zeppelin or Bad Company or Free Songs. Remember, for the first part of the 80s up until 1988, none of the Zeppelin people played Zeppelin songs or even acted like Zeppelin mattered Um, in concert. Anyways, they're like, no, no, we're new artists. We're doing new shit uh, until it became 1988 and their careers, Robert and Jimmy's, were tanking because nobody wants to see Robert Plant not do Led Zeppelin songs. His solo career carried him for a few years, and then it started to get ridiculous in the mid-'80s, just like Jimmy and The Firm started to get ridiculous. If you see the videos for uh, Tear Down the Wall, Live in Peace, Five from The Firm, all that stuff, the perms, the makeup, the colored suits, uh, they had people controlling their destinies because they were in a new era, and they had been out of it, Jimmy especially, uh, for years, and they didn't, you know, like he came out of his, uh, he sobered up, looked around, dusted himself off, got back in the game, and the game had changed. So he started listening to PR people and stylists and things like that. And that's where you get Paul Rogers with a mullet and Jimmy in his ridiculous suit. I'm colorblind, so I don't know what color it is, blue or purple, I think. And that permed hair and the cadaver makeup and unfortunate visuals. Unfortunate visuals. But the second album, Mean Business, was solid. It was a progression. It was a progression musically. It was a progression production-wise. It was a progression stylistically. Um, Tony Franklin got a song on it, which made me happy, called Dreaming, which is a great a great song. And... Um, they toured for the Mean Business album, and they had a song, Tearing on the Walls, which I like, and Jimmy kept on his Outrider tour as well. And uh, they kept living peace. I'm sorry. I'm not making any sense, guys. I apologize. So let's just jump into it. We're going to listen to Tear Down the Walls from the same show, May 11th, 1986, The Firm. And the guitar tone on this is good. I hope you like it. Sharper than a photograph 
I like how Paul's voice is a little rough, has a little bit of a growl to it. I don't know if um, it's from touring and it's just a little worn out from, you know, being on the road or if he put that in there on purpose or if that's just how he sounded in 86, although on the album he was smooth as butter. Um, what a voice, though. I do like that he forgot the first uh, the first line of the lyrics. <laughs> She was sharper than a photograph. She was pretty as a picture, sir. She was pretty as a picture is what we were looking for. I know the lyrics, and I didn't even write the song for shame. But um, I like that song. It's got some bounce. I mean, Tony Franklin and Chris Slade, I think they were underutilized. I don't think they didn't I don't think they were adventurous enough musically um, in the firm. To really, to really expand, you know, explore the limits of, of what they could do. But, I mean, they locked in tight. Tony Franklin plays really great bass. The fretless sound is nice. It pops. I mean, it sounds very 1980s, but it is very 80s. And I enjoy that song. Um, it, it holds up good live. Jimmy's solo's good. I mean, he's, he's, he's B-bender all the way, which drives me crazy. Um, but that's how he played at that time. You know, just reinventing himself the way Robert did. Of like, I don't play the blues. Fuck my Les Paul. Here's my B-Bender Telecaster. Okay. Okay, Jimmy. But, um... There you have it. Tear Down the Walls. Love, love, love that song. As far as the firm goes. You know, graded on the curve. Um, this is not in any way uh, commensurate to a Zeppelin show. But, I, you know, I listened to a bunch of Zeppelin shows. Kind of, Kind of went through... Uh, the chronology and was like, what do I want to, what do I want to, what do I want to do? And um, I think with my level of gumption and my general uh, malaise and mood and just not having the energy to really put forth something amazing, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to waste a Zeppelin show on a, uh, on not my best podcast. So I did want to get to the firm. They're valid. Uh, you know, 
it's telling that I waited until episode 30 to feature them, where I'm like, look, here's XYZ, Jimmy and Chris Slade. Here's Jimmy and Roy Harper. Here's Jimmy and Ginger Baker. <coughs> and then it's like 30 episodes later. Uh, yeah, there was this thing called The Firm. No further questions. Um, <coughs> excuse me, guys. Oh, last song. Home stretch now. Home stretch now. Live in peace. This is a good one. Nice song. I punched up the bass a little bit on it because um, the bass, the fret work, the fretless bass work uh, makes the song to me. <coughs> Excuse me again. And um, it just wasn't prominent enough. So I just, I mean, I ham fisted, just literally turned the bass up six decibels and not a frequency range, just bass treble on audacity so it may be a little heavy-handed to you for which i apologize but um it sounds better to me and i just don't have the wherewithal to figure out how to go in and just get granular with frequency ranges and just tweak it out i just don't have the uh i just don't have the patience for that at the moment so I hope you like it. It's live in peace. It's got a good guitar solo because it's got that uh, A minor G F uh, um, descending progression that Stairway has and Babe I'm Gonna Leave You has. So you can play in uh, A pentatonic, A minor pentatonic, or just A minor if you want to get tricky. So it's a great progression for soloing because it's really, really easy to sound really, really good. And they do. So here we are, Live in Peace, The Firm, May 11th. And chronologically, this follows Tear Down the Walls immediately. So we are going uh, sequentially in this. So enjoy it, fellows. Just as the sun was rising Came without a warning The sound of the uprising Gunfire in the street There were the children crying The crush of marching Met a young boy and dying. Yeah, yeah. Why can't we live in peace? We live in troubled times. The Sunlight She spreads a shadow through the 
Well, there you have it. The Firm. May 11th, 1986. Let us never speak of this again. Um, I, you know, I would like to hear something from them. I'd like to hear... Not a, not a reunion, because Jesus, they're in their 70s now, and everybody's on to different shit. And, uh, you know, but... The albums could use a remastering, a remixing, even, um, to make it sound more contemporary. And... Um, Man, I think the worst thing that Jimmy did with the firm was playing with the goddamn uh, flange on, or the chorus, I can't remember which one is which anymore, that um, <clears throat> it fills out the sound a little bit. It makes it sound a little wee-woo-wee-woo. But um, another great thing it does is it allows you to play as sloppy as fuck because it muddies the water so you can't really tell. So if you're going on stage a little uh, tipsy, or you just don't have your chops, or whatever... You can you can blunder through better, and um, Jimmy doesn't need to do that by 1986. Um, even 85, I mean, if you look at the progression, I have nothing but respect for Jimmy. I'm not, I mean, it's always like, oh, it sounds like you're shooting on him a lot, Mark. I'm not. I'm just calling a spade a spade. You know, sometimes the emperor has no clothes, and you have to say, hey, the emperor has no clothes. Um, some of the arms gigs, Jimmy had no clothes. Some of the 1980 gigs, Jimmy had no clothes. Um, here he's got clothes, but they're white pants and a Hawaiian shirt. If you remember the days and, um, I'm glad he did outrider next and I'm glad he came all the way back. But, um, you know, again, I would like to see the firm revisited for maybe a box set or uh, shit, a live album, even a live album. This is uh, this radio show is perfectly fine. You could pull a few tracks off that. And I mean, I know it's not the multi-tracks. It would be two-track, but it could still be remastered from the from the stereo without Jimmy's oversight of the mixing to bring out more things and make it sound better. And um, I'm sure there's stuff from the 85 tour <clears throat> that was professionally recorded. Um, the July, not July, the, the December 9th, 1984 show, I think, at the Hammersmith Odeon. Uh, was professionally recorded and broadcast on MTV. That whole thing's out. So there is shit that can come out. And I would love to see it because although The Firm is not a project that I go to often, it is valid. It is solid. Um, it's not embarrassing. It was just the 80s and everybody in the 80s left their bands to do other shit. You know, Asia was huge in the 80s and then by mid 80s was 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 done for because the supergroup thing just uh it was they were business moves they were not like I think this person's great you know for the firm it was Jimmy's like I need to get back out there I need to get back out there on the road I need to get back out there on the studio and just become a relevant voice again um and that was reasonable and then the second album they did because you know what they're a good band and they had they had the songs, and they went in and did it. And um, I would love to see a live set from the firm come up professionally, or some other things. Or um, I would love a remastered first album for sure. But those are my wish lists. And uh, Tony Franklin, underrated, in my opinion, he gave a lot to that sound, and it works well. That fretless bass. 
spices up Live in Peace tremendously, spices up the entire thing. And um, I follow him on Twitter, at uh, FretlessMonster is his handle. Um, and he seems to be a genuinely sweet, kind, smart fella. I like him. I mean, he's, he replies to tweets. You ask him something, he'll answer. He seems like a good human being, and that makes me happy. So uh, there we go. I don't think we'll be visiting the firm again for a while, unless I stumble upon, stumble upon something amazing. So I hope you enjoyed it, the firm. Next week, I think we'll get back to Zeppelin. Um, I am working on the John Paul Jones thing. I am working on Them Crooked Vultures, the project he did with uh, Dave Grohl and Josh Hom, Hommy, Holm, whatever, I don't know how you say his name. But um, the shows I want, I can't find. I can find them on YouTube in like 240p video that I don't want to rip the audio for but I can't find the shows. So, hey, if you're listening to this and you have them Crooked Vulture shows, um, please contact me on Facebook, on Twitter. And um, if, if, I, if, you, if I can get a copy of those, because there are some shows that I want that um, I would love to have because they're just fucking amazing and I want to share them with you. Also, hey, if you're out there and you're listening and you have um, a copy of the concert Robert did, I believe it was in April, 1988. I think it's the end of his tour, uh, the nonstop go tour, where Jimmy goes on stage and uh, they do Gambler's Blues and Trampled Underfoot and uh, Rock and Roll and something else. I would love that. I cannot find my copy for the life of me and I cannot find it online. And I would love to have that because I want to do another episode. I want to do an episode of like Jimmy and Robert jam together before they get back together for page and plant. And I know they hooked up in 83. I know they hooked up in 85 and I know they hooked up in 88. And I would love to have that to share it. Cause, uh, shit, the gamblers blues from that show was fucking amazing. All right. All right. Lovelies. We're coming up on uh, 41 minutes here. I apologize next week. I promise to try and, uh, have a better podcast with more energy, more entertainment. I didn't bring the funny this week, but um, I love you all. I thank you very much for listening. And um, yeah, follow me on Twitter, Heart of Markness. Follow me on the Facebook group, Heart of Markness. And uh, my website, heartofmarkness.com, where I will put this show up. Uh, At some point, if not over this weekend, then sometime next week, you'll be able to go to heartofmarkness.com and uh, download this entire show, May 11th, 1986, The Firm, and own it for yourself and listen to it if you like it. So thanks a lot, guys. Um, If you're of a mind, please take a moment and leave me a review on the podcast platform of your choice, whether it's iTunes or the Google Store or Podbean or Stitcher, whatever you're listening to me to, whatever you're hearing me on. Um, Take a second and leave a review. It helps me rise in the search results. It helps me show up as suggested. It's like, hey, if you like Led Zeppelin, maybe you'll like this. And um, it really helps and does me a solid. So if you don't mind, I would appreciate it. Um, there's a lot of you out there now. Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds every week, which is cool. But let's get it to the thousands, he says from his deathbed. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. I love you. Talk to you next week. Oh, Next week will be Thanksgiving. 
in America. Um, so I will probably get the podcast out either Wednesday or Friday. So there's that. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.